0: Hello, Jet Setters, and welcome to the Jet Set Life podcast. I'm your hostess, Brittany Ryan, child-free travel content creator and blogger. I'm a curator of authentic and cultural travel experiences, and I want to help you be the same. Create a Jet Set Life full of adventure and learn how to live life to the fullest with me as your travel guide. Tune in each week for solo episodes and conversations with travel leaders, all about child-free travel, adults-only getaways, travel guides, itineraries, and more. I am all about sharing actionable, detailed tips and tricks for creating the jet-set life of your dreams, so get ready to learn. Are you ready for takeoff? Let's jump into today's episode. Hello beautiful jet setters. How are you doing this week? I'm super excited about today's episode because I get to talk with you about Kansas City, Missouri. And this is just such a sleeper destination. Like I had no expectations, didn't know anything about Kansas City, but um, I recently visited and was hosted by Visit KC as well as Visit Mo and Missouri Wine. And they put together the most incredible itinerary that I've ever experienced, and I had a blast. I didn't want it to end. I made friends with the people that were part of the those CVBs, and yeah, I, I'm a fan for life. So I'm very excited to talk with you about Kansas City, Missouri, because it is a great place or lots of fun activities specifically for adults and yeah there's you know family friendly things too but there's lots of fun things to do for adults which is of course what we are going to talk about today. So this is going to be a pretty comprehensive podcast episode today. We're going to first just give a little brief overview of Kansas City, Missouri. We're going to talk about when to visit, how to visit, where to stay and then we're going to talk mostly about all the fun things that you can do there. So let's get started. Let's start with Kansas City uh, about the city. The city of Kansas City (laughs) spans two states, Kansas and Missouri. So for this post, we're going to solely focus on the Missouri side of Kansas City, which is the east side of the Missouri River. Kansas City is the largest city in Missouri in terms of population. The town was founded in the 1830s as a port on the Missouri River. Kansas City is the most centrally located metropolitan city in the United States. Because it's the heart of the nation, the city created the Parade of Hearts from March through May of 2022. There are 155 decorated hearts dotted all around the city. Kansas City has the most fountains than any other city in North America, and they claim second place worldwide in number of fountains just behind Rome. With more than 200 fountains, Kansas City has become known as the City of Fountains. Jazz and Prohibition play an interesting role in Kansas City history. Jazz originated in Kansas City in the 1920s. The popularity of jazz continued to rise in Kansas City during the 1930s in dance halls, cabarets, and speakeasies that illegally continued under the watch of political boss Tom Pendergast. Though alcohol had become illegal during this time, he allowed it to flow freely in Kansas City. Today, more than 40 nightclubs feature jazz on a regular basis, and speakeasies are still popular watering holes. So let's talk about when to visit. You can expect four distinct seasons in Kansas City, Missouri. Winters are cold, and summers are hot and humid. Therefore, the fall and spring seasons are ideal times to visit in terms of weather. September and October are particularly pleasant months because the days are sunny and the nights are cold. I visited in May and we experienced a little bit of everything. One day was extremely hot and got up to 90, while a few other days were more mild and, but still somewhat humid, and it also rained on occasion. So just to know, May and August are the rainiest months of the year. As expected, the hottest months to visit are primarily in the summer, June, July, August, and the coldest month of the year is January. So let's talk about how to get to Kansas City. Kansas City is a solid transportation hub with options to fly, drive, bus, or train in. Probably mostly because it's considered the heart of the nation, so... All right, so we'll first talk about flying. Um, Because Kansas City, Missouri is so centrally located, it's just a three-hour flight from either coast in the United States, which makes it great for weekend getaways no matter where you're at. For me, from DFW, it was only an hour and 15 minutes, which was just so convenient and nice. It was so fast to get over there. To get to Kansas City, Missouri by plane, you fly into the Kansas City International Airport. The abbreviation is MCI. It's 19 miles northwest of downtown. 11 airlines fly regularly into MCI with more than 50 nonstop destinations and over 400 daily flights. You can also bus to Kansas Kansas City. I mean, Um, Kansas City is accessible by bus from 210 other cities. There are 469 daily scheduled trips. Greyhound is the most popular option. And um, it has 113 routes at an average price of $183, while the Jefferson Line has 99 routes at an average price of $115. You can also train into Kansas City, Missouri. It's accessible from 45 other cities. There are 91 daily scheduled trips. Amtrak Southwest Chief is the most popular option with the most trains on any given day. It has 30 routes at an average cost of $115. And there's also the Amtrak line with 24 routes at $176. And the Amtrak Missouri River Runner line with nine routes at $41. Okay, now we'll get to more of the fun stuff, uh, like where to stay. One of the best hotel sleeps that I've ever had, not even kidding, was at Crossroads Hotel. And this is a historic boutique hotel with industrial chic decor. Crossroads is a reimagining of the Pabst Brewing Depot built in 1911. Tom Pendergast then bought the building during the prohibition to use it as his office and to bootleg liquor. There's an amazing Italian restaurant on site as well as a rooftop bar. I absolutely loved this hotel and I was, I think I was only in there for one night. Yeah, it was only one night. And I would have stayed there forever. (laughs) So the rooms are very stylish. There's a blend of masculine colors and feminine lines. I love the details in the bathroom, especially the fact that they have real bath mats. So I obviously highly recommend that one. Another option is Hotel Kansas City. Hotel Kansas City is a gorgeous Hyatt property, part of the Unbound collection, which you know I like those. I like those unique hotels. The architecture and styling of the Gothic Revival building feels like stepping back into the 1920s. There's glistening chandeliers, stained glass, and polished walnut accents to create a vintage feel. Today, the hotel features 144 guest rooms, 15 suites, 20,000 square feet of meeting space, and a two story ballroom with a giant stained glass window and a music lounge. The rooms are stunning. At the rooms are just as stunning as the lobby and the public areas. Rooms are Victorian inspired and feature pops of color from velvety pinks to deep teals. Hotel Kansas City first opened in 1922 as a notable social club. The 15 floors housed meeting rooms, handball courts, a gym, restaurants, a bowling alley, and 160 private hotel rooms. The 13th floor had a five-lane swimming pool and the top floor featured an open terrace restaurant. Prominent members included Harry S. Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, and Ewing Kaufman. I discovered a very fun fact about this hotel's styling, which I found very interesting. The Kansas City Club was originally established by all men. Bertha Goodwin was a woman who aspired to be a part of this social club. She was the first female applicant, yet she was continuously refused membership. So then when the Hyatt came in and they commissioned a design team, the design team learned of this story and they took the opportunity of their redesign to highlight the themes of inclusion and femininity in their design. The renovation concept focused on the idea of a strong, confident woman So the interior design choices act as a contrast to the building's more masculine architecture. Some of the design touches were more subtle, like the use of soft colors and shapes, while one design decision was much more transparent. And here's the fun fact that I love. Today, every hotel room contains a print by a local artist that shows a bold and slightly mischievous-looking young woman, who's supposed to represent Bertha Goodwin. So in the end, Bertha got her membership in every single room of the hotel. <laughs> so it's just a really great spot. And if you don't stay here, at least come here for drinks. And oh, and their burger. Their burger there is amazing in the, in the lounge. Okay, next up, let's talk about the fun things to do in Kansas City. There are shops, museums, art, wineries, distilleries, breweries, gardens, restaurants, and more. So let's start with the farmer's market. And my first recommendation is visiting the farmer's market at City Market on the weekend. Just south of the Missouri River River Market is a 150-year-old riverfront neighborhood offering quiet charm. The easiest way to get there is to hop on the free-to-ride Casey Streetcar route, which is very fun to use. The best time to visit River Market is on the weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday, the city market sets up the region's largest farmers market with more than 140 stalls selling fresh produce, flowers, baked goods, and other local wares. If you happen to visit on a weekday, don't worry. There's still coffee shops, restaurants, and other local businesses to visit. There's also the Arabia Steamboat Museum a unique attraction that that captures what life was like on the American frontier in the mid-19th century. It contains the largest single collection of pre-Civil War artifacts in the world. Next, I recommend spending a day learning about Kansas City-style whiskey at J. Rieger & Co. Distillery. One of my favorite places to visit in Kansas City, Missouri was J. Rieger & Company. It's two miles east of River Market. Rieger opened in 1887, only to be shut down in 1919 due to Prohibition. 95 years later, the last remaining Rieger revived the brand to become the first distillery in Kansas City since the Prohibition. They're known for their Kansas City-style whiskey, which is a blend of straight bourbon, light corn, and straight, w- straight rye whiskey, all aged at least four years and topped off with 2% of 15-year-old sherry. They also produce a dry gin, a wheat vodka, and a coffee-flavored Amaro on site. My personal favorite was the Amaro. I mean, uh, their others are really good, um, but I just don't drink hard liquor straight usually. Like, I would prefer it in a cocktail. So the Amaro was nice. Like, you could just sip on that straight. So there's seriously so much to do at J. Rieger. You could spend a whole day there. There's the historical exhibit. You can get a full distillery tour. You can try a tasting in the tasting room. You can have lunch outdoors at their Electric Park Garden Bar, which also has food trucks. You can go upstairs to their Monogram Lounge, which is just like a really chill spot where you could get some work done or just hang out or play some games. And then they even have a basement speakeasy called the Hey Hey Club. Also, don't forget, you must slide down their 40-foot custom-built slide, and it's from the second floor to the first floor. It's the only known distillery slide in the world, and it's super fun, and you get a little sticker after (laughs) writing it that says, I rode the slide. Okay, next up, you can taste test gourmet handcrafted bonbons at Christopher Elbow Chocolates. In between your bourbon and wine tastings, you got to stop at Christopher Elbow Chocolates for some truly high-end sweet treats. Christopher Elbow is a nationally recognized chocolatier who specializes in creating handcrafted gourmet chocolates, bonbons, and confections. He has a storefront in Kansas City as well as in San Francisco, They ship nationally within the U.S. They have 24 signature flavors as well as changing seasonal flavors that are really unique and different. Fan favorites include Fresh Lemon, Rosemary, and the Fleur de Sel Salted Caramel. Not only do these chocolates taste incredible, but they're also very interesting to look at with bright colors, shapes, and patterns. Last year in 2021, they produced 2.7 million chocolates. I took home four really delicious chocolates as well as their uh, Aztec Spice Hot Cocoa Mix. So it's like, it's got like a kick, hot cocoa with a kick. So I cannot wait to have that this um, fall and winter. Next, you've got to try some Missouri wine at KC Wineworks, which is an urban winery with fun, approachable wines. A family-owned and operated winery, Casey Wineworks is an urban winery located in the Crossroads Arts District, bringing a Pacific Northwest style of wine to the Midwest. Casey Wineworks prides itself on old-world winemaking methods using leading-edge techniques to create innovative small-batch wines. Their wines are approachable, and the staff makes learning about wine fun and relaxing. A community-oriented establishment, Casey Wineworks is open for wine tastings, events, celebrations, tours, and more. And if wine isn't your thing, they also have sangria, cider, and slushies. Next, go fountain hopping followed by a glass of wine at Fountain City Winery. Fountain City Winery is a new winery located in the West Bottoms District. Their name comes from the fun fact that Kansas City is known as the City of Fountains. Like I mentioned earlier, the wine descriptions at Fountain City is real; they're really fun. They're unique, um, and they are. How do I describe it? They're they're not typical ways that you describe wine. They, it's as if you're describing someone's personality. Like, this, okay, so some of the descriptions are harmonic, playful, sunny, regal. And so what's really fun about this place is that you've got to, you basically, if you come with a group, you have to decide like which wine is best describing your friends. Um, our, our group had fun trying to decide which wine description best represented each of us. And for me, I was most closely aligned with the Pour Le Jeune, which translates to For the Young. It was a Riesling described as elegant, carefree, and irresistible, which I quite liked that description. <laughs> All right, next, you've you've got to learn about American Agave Spirits at Mean Mule Distillery. Mean Mule Distillery is America's first and largest agave distillery, meaning all of its spirits are produced using blue agave nectar. Mean Mule strives to produce a spirit that honors the distilling tradition while maintaining bold and innovative flavors. Mean Mule sources their spirit nectar from 100% Weber Blue Agave from Jalisco, Mexico. They then distill the nectar in a unique copper still that was engineered by one of the owners himself, Jeff Evans, and then the spirit is aged in Missouri white oak barrels. In the future, Mean Mule plans to start growing their own agave plants in Arizona. Their award-winning spirits include a silver American agave spirit with notes of vanilla and delicate florals, a gold American agave spirit, notes of oak and baking spices, a heritage American agave spirit, notes of mature oak, and an agave-based gin with notes of agave and botanicals. And if you're wondering, like, what is that flavor profile, it's similar to, like, mezcal and tequila, but it's not. It's truly agave spirit. (laughs) So um, Mean Mule's Tasting Room is also really fun. It's been described as Southwest meets Midwest. There's leather upholstered furniture. There's desert plants everywhere. And it's a, an inviting 35-seat bar that carries wine, beer, and other spirits in case you're not up for trying an agave cocktail. All right, next up, we've got listening to authentic jazz music at the Green Lady Lounge. The Green Lady Lounge plays live Kansas City jazz music every day of the year. Musicians play only their original compositions. There are no TVs inside this lounge so that you can focus on good music and good conversation. This vintage style cocktail lounge features antique oil paintings framed on sultry crimson walls. The staff is always dressed to impress with suits, ties, and cocktail dresses. There are two areas inside the lounge, the main floor stage and the lower level, which is called the Orion Room. The Orion Room features chandeliers, a grand piano, and a drum set. The Orion Room is a theater setup, while the main floor stage is actually located in the center of guest seating. Admission is $5 cash or credit at the door. Another great thing to do is tour Kansas City's murals in the Crossroads Arts District. The Crossroads Art District features more than 100 independent art studios and is home to over 400 local artists. It's one of the most concentrated gallery districts in the nation. Beyond just art studios, the Crossroads District is great for boutique shopping and restaurant going. Every first Friday of the month, the Crossroad Arts District hosts an evening community event known as First Fridays. It's the nation's largest known art walk. You can explore art galleries, eat at locally owned restaurants, try a tasting at a local craft brewery, distillery, or winery, or browse the eclectic boutique shops. There's also several art alleys as well as a food truck plaza. Another great thing to do is take a leisurely stroll through the Ewing and Muriel Kaufman Memorial Garden. It's free to the public and it's a beautiful two acre botanic garden open from 8 a.m. to dusk. The garden showcases five designs, the Ali, the ali, the garden, the green garden, the Orangerie, the parterre garden, and the secret garden. Um, the Ali, i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing that i know it's french uh is a garden entrance containing lilacs hydrangeas and seasonal flowers the green garden is uh is the centerpiece with an octog- octagonal pool planter boxes and gardenia the orangery is uh, a place for fragrant seasonal plants and citrus The parterre garden is a long canal pool lined with annuals and tropicals, and the secret garden is a secluded area behind the conservatory with water features. Okay, we're at our last activity, and that is shop, eat, and be entertained at Union Station. Though Union Station is an actual train depot, it also contains quite a few other attractions. It's a 104-year-old historical landmark, and it has shops, restaurants, a planetarium, a model train gallery, and a science city. Now, science city is a very popular attraction for children and families. However, don't let that deter your visit. There's a live theater, a movie theater, an art gallery, and an escape room. Oh, and if you want to go to the art gallery, it's open on First Fridays. Now, if you want to eat, my vote for food is Pierpont's at Union Station. It's a fine dining restaurant with high ceilings and a mahogany bar serving classic prime steaks and seafood. The easiest way to get here is to hop on the free-to-ride KC streetcar route. And there's plenty of amazing places to eat in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I know I touched on that one, but there's, of course, barbecue, there's And way more than just the barbecue. But I do cover that in a separate post slash episode, so you'll just have to come back for that. Um, So here are my closing thoughts. Though known for barbecue, fountains, and jazz, Kansas City, Missouri has so much more to offer. Kansas City is an artsy and friendly city full of people that are passionate about their town, their culture, and their history. It's a place for trailblazers creatives, foodies, musicians, and more. I thoroughly enjoyed learning about the city's unique history and culture, especially during the Prohibition era. I loved seeing how that history has influenced Kansas City that we know today. I had no idea what to expect when I came to Kansas City, and frankly, I thought it would be a very basic Midwestern town, but I'm so pleased to say that the city far exceeded my expectations. It's anything but basic, (laughs) I found a ton of fun things to do, and uh, I absolutely loved spending time there. I truly look forward to returning, um, especially with my husband, because he's not been there, because I know that I've barely scratched the surface of what Kansas City, Missouri has to offer. So if you've ever been to Kansas City, Missouri, I'd love to know what your recommendations are. Um, If you haven't, I'd love to know what what of... what that I covered (laughs) would interest you and yeah, you can let me know in the podcast uh, comments. You can let me know over on my blog or on my Instagram and TikTok at the Jetset Blonde. So that was a long one, but thanks guys for sticking with me and I will talk to you soon. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to dive even deeper into creating your Jet Set life, start with upgrading your travel bucket list. You can download my free resource on the top 50 destinations for child-free travel by visiting jetsettingblonde.com forward slash start dash here. Because the first step to creating your Jet Set life starts with upgrading your travel goals. And if something in today's episode really resonated with you, please screenshot and tag me at the Blonde on Instagram or Facebook. I want to know what your biggest takeaway was. I really want to hear from you, and it means so much to me when I can see your screenshots of you listening to the podcast or reading my posts online. Every screenshot and review means the world to me. I read every single one and I really appreciate your support in listening to this episode and supporting me on this adventure. I look forward to bringing you more awesome and genuinely helpful content that will help you create the jet set life of your dreams.